We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex, where oil country shops for printers and office equipment. Service is their business. On Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer joining you from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, the Edmonton Oilers, and the Philadelphia Flyers tonight. Should be a good one. You can text us at 630-630, tweet us at Oilers Now, email us at OilersNow at 630Chat.com. Want to mention some guests in Oilers Now, receive good certificates to Ruth Chris Steakhouse. Follow the sizzle to Alberta's own Ruth Chris, 9990 Jasper Avenue. Uh, let's do this. We're going to go to NHL today. NHL today is brought to you by Kentwood Ford with relationships with Oilers past and present, including Taylor Hall and Neil Yakupov. Go down to Kentwood Ford in the north side and go see our guy, Mike the Great Gretzky. Here's Brendan Ulrich back in the studio. Well, Bob, don't even know where to start. So many games on uh, tap tonight, 12 in total. Uh, the Rangers are in Pittsburgh. The Pens are eight points back of the Rangers for second in the Metro. And uh, they're three points up on the Flyers for the final wild card spot. Justin Schultz is available to play tonight for the Pens. No word, and if you will, are not at this point. Uh, Boston home to Chicago. Dale Weiss will make his Hawks debut. The Hawks beat Detroit 5-2 last night. Calgary and Buffalo. The Flames in a world of hurt right now. 1-8-1 in their last 10. Uh, Tampa Bay has it going on there in uh, Ottawa. They've won seven in a row. The Sens are five points back of the Pens for that wild card spot. Minnesota in Toronto tonight. The Wild hold down the top wild card spot. Uh, it sounds like they may get both uh, Jason Zucker and uh, Jonas Brodeen back. Uh, do you go with Zucker or Zucker, Bob? I always get that one mixed up. I go with Zucker like Ron Zucker, <laughs> right. former football coach. He's a good player, just his name's a little confusing. Yep. Uh, the Leafs lost 3-2 to the Caps last night. Not sure if you watched any of that game, Bob, but the Leafs, they they gave it to the Caps for a lot of that game. They work hard. They don't got a lot of talent right now. Uh, the Preds are home to New Jersey. The Preds have won five in a row. Devontae smith Pelly expected to make his uh, Devils debut. They're five points uh, back of the Pens. Uh, how about the Preds, Bob? You know if they were... Uh, in the Pacific Division, they'd be battling with uh, L.A. and Anaheim right now for first spot, but uh, that Central's tight. Well, Ryan Johansson picking them up, uh, picking him up for Nashville hasn't hurt them. There's no question about that. Do you think they'll get uh, Vessi back when he's done uh, in the NCAA? Here? Yes. yes that would be get big, done. That would be a big uh, addition right before the playoffs. Uh, the Islanders are in Winnipeg. The Islanders are 4-1 and one on their current seven-game road trip. Panthers in Colorado. The Avs are tied for the Wild, are tied with Wild for the final wild card spot, but the Wild have a game in hand. Yarmer Yager, one point behind Gordie Howe for third all-time in uh, the league history. So uh, that's pretty impressive for Yager, who keeps it or who has it going on still. Bob, pretty impressive to oh, see yeah, him. No. Great player. I mean, great by Not on a World Cup team, though, eh? Yeah, well, it sounds like he retired from... Uh, <laughs> International <laughs> yeah, play? Yeah, we'll see what happens when the event gets a little bit closer. I bet you he'll want to get in get in on it. Uh, the Ducks are in Arizona. They have won nine in a row. They can tie a franchise record 10-game winning streak with a win tonight. The Coyotes have lost six in a row. The Sharks are in Vancouver. The Sharks beat the Canucks 4-1 on Sunday. They sit four points back of the Kings for first in the Pacific. Speaking of the Kings, they're home to Montreal. Christopher Stieg will make his debut tonight. Bakersfield Condor is off till Saturday. Then they'll play the San Jose Barracuda. 
They recalled Ben Betker from Norfolk today. He was a six-round draft choice of the Oilers a couple of years ago. Big hulking uh, defensive defenseman, but played for the Everett Silvertips. Edmonton Oil Kings got spanked 6-1 on Hockey Hooky Day Monday in Edmonton. They get the Medicine Hat Tigers tomorrow night. And the Alberta Golden Bears off to Saskatchewan this weekend for the Canada West Final. Both teams have already qualified for the upcoming University Cup National Championship. Well, let's get to it. 12.38 at Edmonton, and uh, Edmonton Oilers General Manager Peter Shirelli wearing two hats. Not just GM of the Oilers, but also General Manager uh, working in concert with Stan Bowman, the GM of the Chicago Blackhawks of the uh, North America U24 team. Here's our conversation with Peter Shirelli. Well, Peter, you're uh, you're back with the hockey team after the uh, World Cup announcement yesterday. Uh, it's been a whirlwind for you between the NHL trade deadline and the uh, the World Cup. We haven't had a chance to talk with you uh, since the conclusion of both events. Let's get to the specifics first with the World Cup. Um, a lot of work went into it. A lot of different perspectives. Um, was there generally a consensus amongst the managers and the coaches, or was there a fair amount of animated discussion once you put the team together? Uh, for the first 16. Uh, th- yeah, there, there was a lot of discussion. There was a lot of constructive dialogue, um, a lot of dissenting opinions. Um, you know, and it just over the course of, of the season, you, you guys change your opinions. You can see some players trending up, some players trending down. Um, certainly, uh, the fact that we have to name 16 and then seven doesn't make it any easier. Um, you, 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 you know, the first thing anyone wants to talk about are notable omissions. So, um, and of course that applies with us too. We got a player right in our own backyard. So, um, but it's it's you know what it's it's there's a lot of good hockey minds that go into the, this selection. And uh, as as a manager, uh, you have to respect them, and and you got to make uh, make a call at the end of the day. You mentioned there's there's been I mean there's obvious ones where we're going to see Connor McDavid and Jack Eichel on the team. That's pretty much a given. Um, um, and there's challenges because there's not a lot of depth in goaltender. I was interested that you guys decided to name the three goalies right away. You brought up a player on your own team in Ryan Nugent Hopkins. We saw with Steve Eisenman of Team Canada the challenge around Martin St. Louis. A little bit different scenario here with Nugent Hopkins. If you could, I mean, how delicate of that a, of a scenario was that for you to, to have that conversation with Ryan about a week ago? call it delicate I mean you look at you look at uh, Peter Angelo was at a former Olympian last time and, and Doug Armstrong is the manager he's not on the first 16 you look at Corey Perry MVP of the league how many goals does he have this year he's not on the first 16 I mean there's a number of examples there's there's uh, uh, PK Subek and and uh, yeah but he's on the like so this this happens it doesn't mean the players aren't good it doesn't mean it's a slight um, you know these are hard decisions with Ryan, uh, we had a real constructive conversation, and, and uh, it really the impetus wasn't to, to tell him that he wasn't on the uh, first first selection. It was more about just to talk about his game, and we had you know a very good discussion about his game and uh, where I th- you know what my thoughts on his game were and where I'd like it to be. And uh, so I wouldn't characterize it as delicate, Bob. Um, these are hard decisions. You know, I have to wear two different hats. And, um, and, you know, at the end of the day, uh, I'm a real big fan of Ryan's. And uh, he's got a real good two-way component to his game. He plays against the top uh, the centers, uh, and he has for a long time for a player of such a young age. And that's what I told him. So 
not, not delicate, just this is the business. I wear two different hats. You have to separate these things. And what I told Ryan was at the end of the day, hey, get back playing and you'll find yourself on this roster. Uh, it, it must be interesting in terms of equating an overall body of work versus put it, pulling it together. Like, I've always liked JT Miller as a player. And there might be other people out there that thought... Maybe we should go get J.T. Miller because he's not grasping whatever it is in New York that uh, they're asking him to do yet, but there's something there if the player. And then lo and behold, the last six weeks he totally comes together, and now he's one of their top three forwards. How does how do you have to weigh the emotion of the recent success with a player as opposed to maybe a guy that's had a longer track record of success but maybe has had a drop-off in his game? Yeah, if you're asking me JT Miller versus Ryan Nugent Hopkins, I'm, I'm not no, getting specific. Yeah, well, I think I think you're alluding to that, Bob. Um, that's fine. I've been answering those questions. JT Miller's been fantastic, and it's been more than the last six weeks. Um, but I, I'm not going to get into that comparison. Um, but more specific about recent play versus, I mean, you got to. I would assume you're always making sure that you're looking at the overall body of work long term with a, with a guy. Uh, yeah, well, and that's part of the equation. You look at what they're doing lately and what they've done, and but that doesn't give you a free pass if you've got over 300 games. Yeah. You know, like, I don't know. We stress experience because we have so little of it. Right. So then that's part of the equation. And, and I, I I understand why it's such a hot topic. Right. But, but Well, it's a good because it means people care. You know, like, I, I sat through Steve Eisenman. Well, I was part of the management right. team, and they and to me, it's it's apples and oranges here. We're, and and when he had to decide on Martin St. Louis, and we had to vote on it, yeah. and he re- he respected our vote because he he brought the people into the group. Yeah. And uh, and I'm doing the same thing. Yeah. So at, at the end of the day, like I, I'm a manager of this group, and uh, you have to make hard decisions. I see the first 16 name, and I got seven other guys to name. So, Is it, now, okay, what's easier, the first 16 or naming the final seven? I don't think either is an easier task. I mean, they're both hard, and, and you're going to see guys that are going to bubble up and bubble down uh, the rest of the way in, in the playoffs and in the worlds. So I don't know what's what's easier. I mean, we've got we've got a bunch of guys we're considering for for both positions. Uh, part of it is line combinations. Part of it are needs as as uh, penalty killing and, uh, and and defensive matchups and and uh, quality of minutes. So it's not going to get any easier. Yeah. And I'm sure when we name the final seven, there'll be more. I'll have I'll have agents and and that, like I did for this one. Trust me, the, the Nugent Hopkins Ryan isn't the only one where there's been a, a public outcry. So we've, we've well, got, we're in Philadelphia. They got a guy that's had a great run here of late, but he's completely unproven long term. Uh, he, he's he's one. There's uh, there's Galchenyuk, there's Huberdo. Uh, these are these are players that have, have are good, real good players, and have had good years. And and you know, there's 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 a number of them. Well, the good news is people are talking about it because this is an event that helps the league and helps the NHLPA as well. I've got a, a bit of a curveball here for you. If there's no Oilers on Team Canada, would you be upset if Oilers fans were cheering more for your team? That, oh, I, it doesn't matter to it me. Matter. No, no, but it I, is an interesting concept, right? Just the fact that Connor would be a slam dunk to be on Team Canada. And here you've got a team like... I, the, the sense I get from some of the other broadcasters and writers is there's a lot of people quietly that are going to be watching your team the, the closest of all the teams because they might want to see your group be successful because, you know, we're always excited by the the, the next young thing coming up. Well, I, there's certainly a lot of intriguing names on our team, and, and, and you're right. It's it's always the hope of the future, and, and which kind of 
people uh, like to focus on, and you hear that all the time on players that this is what this player is going to be, this is what that player is going to be, and sometimes it turns out, sometimes it doesn't. But these guys are a little further along than 18, 19-year-old draft picks. Um, but there's there's a real unpredictability to the group. Um, and there's a real youthful exuberance to the group, and I think people are very intrigued by that. All right, just to wrap up, Peter, we haven't had a chance, uh, at least in the context of Oilers now, or Oilers broadcast, to get a separate uh, quick one with you here, just on the, the wrap-up of the trade deadline. Uh, you've been true to your word. You said you were going to try to find a way to make the Oilers a bigger, heavier, more competitive team. The Patrick Maroon trade, it came together late, I would assume late in the day, at least it was announced late in the day. We were on the plane by the time it was announced. But you get Maroon and Cassian. You got, I guess you got to take swings, don't you, on guys? I wouldn't call it a swing, Bob. Um, well, I think, I think, yeah, I guess, sure, if you want to call it a swing, it's a calculated risk, a swing, whatever you want to call it. Uh, yeah, the Maroon deal was literally at the last second because they were trying to get McGinn Anaheim and, and we had a deal in place for, for Maroon and uh, it was only if they got if they got McGinn. So. Is there a budget team as well, right? Uh, I think they just wanted a little more experience. Yeah. I don't think it had anything yeah. to do with the budget. Um, yeah, I, I guess they didn't want to care. Uh, who knows? Um, and... Um, so that one, that one came down late, but yeah, we know we, we've 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 gotten uh, over the course of the year. We've, we've I think there's two pieces that are going to help us uh, with Zach and, and Pat, and uh, and it, it's hard to it's hard to add size that can play, and we feel in those two players that we've we've done that, and and so we move along, and uh, they were. Uh, Anaheim's retaining uh, 500000 on the contract per year. That's helpful, too. and um, So we felt it was a good move to make. Uh, final one for you. You were in Buffalo the other night. Were you surprised at all at Connor Elevated? I wasn't. Um, no, I, we've seen it. Um, and, you know, with one of the things that they asked me at this World Cup stuff was anything you learned from from Connor and, 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 and Eichel and Jack after that game and I just said well they both have a real competitive fire because uh, and Connor I saw that while he was injured and he really you could just see it come out the other night uh, he was on the stage and then with with Jack I spoke to him after the game just about the World Cup stuff and I don't think he heard a word I said it went one in one ear and out the other just because he was he was PO'd that they had lost and and uh, so um, Connor uh, no it didn't surprise me and and uh you know, that's more of good things to come on him. Okay. Thanks a lot, Peter. Okay. All right. Thanks. 1248 in Edmonton. That's uh, Peter Shirelli just as practice is wrapping up this morning. The Edmonton Oilers and the Philadelphia Flyers. Patrick Maroon is in for the Oilers. Jack Michaels catches up with him when we return on Oilers now. This is Matt Hendricks from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chet. It's 12.51 in Edmonton. Welcome back. What is now? You can text us at 6.30, Bob, don't you think Shirelli is using R&H and Hall, not making, them, uh, not making the teams as a challenge and motivation to the pair to see what he really has with them? That one comes to us from Ted. Well, uh, Shirelli doesn't have any imp- – well, he, I don't think he's got impact on the, the Hall decision on, on Team Canada. Certainly is – you know, can impact the decision on Nugent Hopkins, but ultimately Nugent Hopkins impacts the decision the most. Now, again, if it's me, he's on that team. I can think of two or three forwards that I'd have him on the team ahead of him. 
this text comes in. Hey, Bob, I would argue that Ryan Nugent Hopkins is better than Monaghan. RNH is a better point per game in his career, and he's never had a defenseman like Giordano or Brody. It's just perception of Oilers players. None of them get the respect they deserve, although I agree they need to change the mix of the forward group individually. These are all great forwards that comes to us from B. It's an interesting perspective. It's no question that, you know, if you're – I mean, Johnny Goodrow's a heck of a player, but he benefits because he's on a team as Giordano and Brody and take it one step further. Dougie Hamilton now being added to that group, even Chris Russell, uh, before he got traded. They had some defensemen that could transition the puck. Weidman had a huge year last year as well. Uh, Ron the Iceman has texted the show, Bob, do the Oilers have their second-round choice? I've heard the Bruins have it as compensation for hiring Peter Shirelli. Can you clarify, please? Uh, keep up the great work. That one comes to us from Ron. Well, Ron Flattery will get you everywhere, including the answer to that question. The Oilers have their option in 2016 or 2017 as to which year they're going to give up a second-round pick. It does not have to be their own. Let's establish that. You can text us at 630-630. Tweet us at Oilers now. Uh, Rob says, I'm cheering for North Team North America regardless of how many Oilers are on which teams. From our all-star McDavid to our change in the regime with Shirelli and McClellan, the majority of our future is with Team North America. Uh, Stan says, Bob, high tide rises all boats. If Nuge was better on a better team, then maybe he'd be given more consideration. Also, a year ago, you had Schultz as one of the core. Is it possible that you have rose-colored glasses for some players? Stan. Uh, Stan, I, you know, I am a little bit protective of the Oilers' younger players. I don't think there's any question about that. I can't believe how it's gone for Schultz. But I do wish him the best of luck in Pittsburgh. And I think he'll bounce. I'll tell you exactly what I think is going to happen. I think Schultz won't get qualified by Pittsburgh. They have some financial issues carrying forward. And I do think he'll get signed, likely by Buffalo, at about $2 million per. Um, there you have it. We'll see. Text us at 630-630. Tweet us at Orders Now. Email us, OrdersNow at 630chat.com. Armswar says, I'm sure Nugent Hopkins will be added before the tourney. And my guess is Armswar are going to be right. All right. Uh, speaking of being added, Patrick Maroon will play his first game tonight for the Edmonton Orders. Jack Michaels from the uh, Orders Radio Network caught up with him. And let's get into that conversation. My immediate reaction was kind of shocking. Uh, I didn't know if it was true or not because rooms were f- scattering. I didn't hear from anyone at the time. It just said, you know, there could be a trade for Pat Maroon. And actually, when I got the call, it was kind of like, all right, it's true. It's kind of shocking at first. You know, I made some really good friends over there. Uh, you know, I was a close group of guys. I was there for four years. and You had a lot invested. Yeah, I did. And it was just... I was excited to be a part of it, a part of the run this year, and you know that's it's part of the game. It's part of the nature of the game. And that being said, I think me coming here though is a good opportunity for me. And like I've been saying before, it's it's really good for me and good exposure. You know, to be coming here and kind of be a leader in here. And you know, I know what it takes to win in Anaheim. You know, they show me the ropes how to win hockey games over there. So. If I can do that, bring bring that into this locker room, I think we'd be pretty good, be successful, and especially with the, I guess you can say the rebuild, but I don't really, you know, with Conor McDavid kind of controlling, watching him play the other night in Buffalo, it's just amazing, you know, the, 
that kid can play the game and this team can be really good in the future. Is it fair to say you're still in that transition from slight disappointment over the trade to now excitement about the opportunity, maybe some more minutes here in Edmonton? Are you in that transitional period right now? Yeah, I'm really excited. No, this is it's going to be good for me. Um, I was disappointed. Obviously, everyone's going to be disappointed. But, you know, talking to Peter and talking to Todd, I think it's going to be a good opportunity for me. I'm really excited. Uh, you know, it's, it's a good city for hockey. And, you know, the fans are great there. And, you know, it's going to be good for me, good exposure, you know. And uh, for that, I mean, just hopefully I can come here and we can win some games, you know, lighten up the locker room a little bit, crack some jokes, you know, get everyone happy around here. You know, I'm a kind of guy that loosens people up. So hopefully I can bring that energy to the locker room and, you know, towards, uh, towards the ice too. And on the ice, finally, uh, what's the key to kind of transitioning with some new teammates? Obviously, you played everywhere in the Anaheim line, yeah. so you knew all of your teammates' yeah. games. Here, you know none of them. So yeah. so what's the key to kind of making that transition as smooth as possible? Just got to play my game, play simple. Um, you know, get pucks deep, play hard, be physical, go to the net, create create space for my line mates. Use my skill because I'm a big guy with pretty good skill, so I got to use it. I can't be tensed out there. I got to just go out there and play my game, what I was doing in Anaheim. And like you said, you know, I, I was on the top line for a bit. I was on the second line. I was on the third line. I was on the fourth line. So I know what it takes to be play with good players. So, you know, I've done it before, and if I get that opportunity, I'm just going to, you know, take advantage of it. I can't look back. I can't, you know, time's running out. So, you know, I got two years left, so I got to keep playing hard and, you know, just do the little things right. That is Patrick Maroon in conversation with Jack Michaels. Maroon tonight, at least to start, will be with Latestu and Korpakoski. Let's do this. Uh, Oiler fans, uh, New West Travel and Transat Holidays have teamed up to bring you a great selection of special travel packages for destinations for weddings, honeymoons, sports packages, river cruises, golf getaways, and for the outstanding employees and salespeople in your company, New West Travel can design specific meaning and incentive reward packages to a variety of destinations around the world that will meet your budget. Plus, they all include parking at Edmonton International Airport Value Park. For more information, call a friendly staff at New West Travel or go online at newwesttravel.com. Still to come, Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, Andre Sekera, Lori Korpakoski, Lanny McDonald, and uh, Flyers analyst and NBC uh, uh, Sports Network analyst Keith Jones as well. Off to a 6.30 Chad News weather and traffic update with Eileen Bell.